hello to you. Hey, you know what? It's crazy, crazy times we are in. I have seen sin and sinners alike. Uh, I wonder what these people, when they lie, and they're like, especially politicians, I don't think they could tell the truth. I think if they had to tell the truth, they wouldn't be able to. They, it's against their code. And the code is to, to BS people. Just say the opposite of what's going on. It could be raining outside, and they're going to say, it's such a beautiful day, so so sunny out there. <laughs> you know, 20 below zero, blizzard. Oh, I was outside in my shorts. It's beautiful outside, 80 degrees. So, yeah, you know what? That's what they are. And then the political clown show. I'm having a good time. Not because I'm paying more money for stuff. <laughs> I, I look at food costs, costs, gas. You know, gasoline hasn't really gone down. When they say it's gone down, it's another lie. It's another BS thing. It's, it's what, a few pennies? Pennies? You know, it's double what it was uh, a year ago. And, and then they're talking about they're doing a great job and they passed this, this, uh, this bill. It's going to help everybody. Uh, the Inflation Reduction Act. Inflation's going through the roof. So that's the deal. You, you, you have a political entity that likes to oppress people. The Democratic Party works in the world of oppression. They want people to be as low as it can possibly go. So you have nothing. They just crush you like a bug and then throw you a bone once in a while and act like that they're Jesus. Right? They can walk on water because of these things. So this is the deal. <clears throat> I think that you just need to look out for yourself and your family and and, uh, and you know, survive, get through the days. And hey, you know, sacrifices have to be sacrifices as per your wallet. I mean, that's, that's really what it is. That's the thing that gets me is that these politicians like the Joe Biden, he was just at this auto show, sitting in these electric cars, all of them hundred thousand dollars. You know, I don't know who he thinks he represents. I know that his handlers are all wealthy people, and and they're the ones who benefit from from this administration. You know, even in socialist governments, there are wealthy people. Let that sink in for a minute. You know, and. They're all about the power and control. The people have nothing. They have everything. So then you get DeSantis, the governor of Florida. This guy makes me laugh harder than a lot of people. You know, this is the dude who is now sending airplane loads of these uh, illegal aliens to Martha's Vineyard. He sent <laughs> airplane. I saw that headline today. I'm like. What is this dude up to now, you little dirty little butt nut DeSantis? I I started off not liking him. I'm still I'm still in the world. I'm not talking about politics. <laughs> I'm beyond. I am in the world of beyond when it comes to that. I'm talking about just the dude. And I think that the action has to be blatant to bring the attention to the tragedy 
you know, so when you send busloads of these people and now airplane loads to New York, D.C., uh, now Martha's Vineyard, all these huge liberal enclaves where they have sanctuary cities. It's easy to say you're a sanctuary city when you're thousands of miles away from the problem. So now you have these politicians saying, hey, welcome to our world. Here's here's a taste of what we're dealing with. And that's the thing. The people they're sending is just a little taste. So then you see the media, the, the, the leftist media outrage. DeSantis is the devil using these people, weaponizing immigrants. <laughs> and they take a get on their, their little news desk and take a huge giant poop right on it. While the conservatives laugh, 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 laugh. But this is the deal. The Biden administration has been moving these illegal aliens around. They've been sending airplane loads here and there and then putting them on buses in the middle of the night, delivering them into cities and whatever. So they've already got thousands upon thousands in New York City. For, so for Mayor Adams, who, who is really a pathetic waste of, of a, a mayor, pathetic. You know, New York City didn't need to go from horrible to, oh, oh, my God, I can't believe how bad this one is. New York needed to, to heal and go into a direction of healing with a, a, a person that can run the city that knows what they're doing. Not this dude who is just elbowing with the rich and famous, uh, making his way. I mean, when I found out that Adams was, was a, a cohort, co-developer, you know, the guy that got robbed, the, the religious guy of a million dollars worth of jewelry that he was wearing while he was doing a live broadcast, a million bucks worth of jewelry. Adams is his best friend. Adams helped him with the church, helped him start the whole thing. You need to investigate this dude. You need to investigate all of these dudes. So that's what I'm saying. Good women too. <laughs> Anyone who's hanging around. This one, they already stopped Adams from putting uh, uh, his so-called good friends in the roles of NYPD and all that and the higher-ups because they were all convicted of corruption at one time. This is who he's hanging out with, man. So, yeah, that's that's a huge problem, huge problem right there. But for this dude to say, oh, you know, my this, this extra 1,500 people we can't handle in New York City. In New York City of 8 million people, we can't handle 1,500 people. but he didn't say a word about the thousands that came in through Biden. Same for the mayor of, of Washington, D.C. She's calling for the National Guard. She said, oh, there's, there's too many people. We can't handle it. Wow. And listen to how they cry. They can't, they can't handle it. But they can handle the others, the thousands of others. They don't finish the sentence. You got to finish the sentence. We can't handle this. Because we've already gotten thousands from the Biden administration. And we don't know what to do with them. How about the solution is you put them on a plane and you fly them back to where they came from. That's all. That is all. And then you close the border. Hire some of those uh, Ukrainian soldiers to close the border. They seem to know what they're doing. Right? I mean, it, you do it for a matter of security. And if they want to come to the United States of America, there is a legal 
pathway to come in, which over a million people a year, say it with me, children, over a million people a year get naturalized in this country. It's not like we're keeping people out. So, but these people are, are willing to break the law. The very first act that they do coming to the United States is to break the law. And they have no problem doing it. And and uh, you know what? It's just a huge mess. And you don't know who they are. You don't know what the intention is. You know, the drug dealers and the mules and all the stories you hear about the, the atrocities against children, the sex and whatever. And they're, they're, these cartels now are harvesting people's organs. They're taking a, a, a page out of the Chinese playbook. And harvesting. This is what the, what the news is coming from the from the trail. This is what they're doing. These people are easy to to grab. Mexico doesn't want these people traipsing through. You know, these are Mexicans that are flying into the United States all the time. You know, rolling in, running in. Now they're drowning. People are like, "Oh, I feel so bad." Well, you feel bad. They did it. We didn't say come 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 to the U.S. We have an open border. Come on. That's the way Biden talks. That's the way Kamala Harris talks. But they don't live in the the very face of what's going on. And they're not taking the responsibility for what they've done. So that's it. And the blood and the deaths and all that is on their hands. I divide. I compartmentalize myself. <laughs> Emphasis on mental. <laughs> I put myself in a box. I can't control what people do. If, if you want to throw yourself off a bridge, if I'm standing there, I can say, hey, don't do that. That's pretty much it. And you're gone. And then you know what? You, you can't can't say, well, uh, I feel so, so sorry. And, uh, just like all these heroin deaths, you know, the, the fentanyl and all these people dying from heroin. Coming in where? Where is it coming in? Manufactured in China, sent through through Mexico, come in here with the cartels, open border. Right? That's what you got. And all the security that we're using is to chase people down and uh and give them pop tarts and a and a ticket. Now a ticket to New York City. At least they get to see the city. You know what I mean? <laughs> It is a beautiful city, man. Aside from the crime and the rats and all the other stuff, people are trying to get out of the city. They're these these illegal aliens show up and they're taking off. They're all going down. They're all going down to kind of D.C. and and populating D.C. They want to be around there. Seems like so. That whatever. If that's the way you got to do it, breakfast burritos for everyone. I guess. I guess if you listen to to uh, Biden there. <laughs> Biden's old lady who loves breakfast burritos. I think that's what people are good for. They're so amazing. <laughs> I love it the way they shine my shoes. They're so gentle and amazing. I don't really have to beat them too much. Just a little bit and they're great. <laughs> old slave owner. <laughs> Old slave owners talking. These people old enough, these slave owners. Uh, you think they weren't? Look at their family line. What are they what are they known for? Nothing. Politics. Lying, cheating, stealing. Right. Uh, 
then we cross the pond. Let's cross the pond. But I do love the fact that that these these uh, people who are seeking freedom in the United States of America are getting to see Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> the first red. Yeah, good seafood there. Pretty good seafood there. Uh, King Charles. King Charles. Boom, 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 boom. King Charles. Man, is he a bitch on wheels, isn't he? There's all kinds of reports coming out how he's bitching at staff and like he was managing, micromanaging people. I, I, you know, clean this desk, get my stuff, get this stuff. I, I'm not touching this stuff. Get this. Like, ugh, man, you're bitchy. You think that he would kind of slide into the role as king, but no, because these guys a major douchebag, and douchebags are are when they get more power, they turn to bigger. Untold billions, aside from what they have in the bank uh, locally, you know, they have offshore accounts and other holdings. Really, there's there's no way to quantify what these people truly own, the royals and uh, King Charles himself. So <clears throat> he's inheriting a bunch of money from, from his mom, the queen that passed away, right? Not paying, there's no income tax for the king, you know. If you are English... There's a 40% tax on your inheritance. You inherit a couple of bucks, you're paying almost half to, to King Charles, right? <clears throat> to, to the British government so they can use it for various programs and things and roads, canals. I do love the canal system, man. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff, and you got to keep up those, those castles, man. Those castles are old, falling apart. Even if you own a, let's say you own like an older house, you know you got to go through to keep it up to par. Imagine one of those old stinky castles, right? <laughs> old stinky castle holding old stinky royal. You can tell I love them so. So, King Charles III built his own empire long before he inherited his mother's. Charles, who formerly acceded to the British throne Saturday, spent a half a century turning his royal estate into a billion-dollar portfolio and one of the most lucrative moneymakers in the royal family business. Almost mob-like, I would say. While his mother, Queen Elizabeth II, largely delegated responsibility for her portfolio, Charles was far more deeply involved in developing the private estate known as the Duchy of Cornwall. The Duchy of Cornwall. Over the past decade, he has assembled a large team of professional managers who increased his portfolio's value and profits by about 50%. Today's Duchy of Cornwall owns the landmark cricket ground known as the Oval, lush farmland in south of England, seaside vacation rentals, office space in London, and a suburban supermarket depot. A duchy is a territory uh, traditionally territory traditionally governed by a duke or duchess. The duke or duchess of duchy. <laughs> 130,000. Uh, it's 130,000 acre real estate portfolio. And it's nearly the size of Chicago. And it generates millions of dollars a year in rental income. 
No tax, no tax, no tax, no tax, no tax. The conglomerate's holdings are valued roughly $1.4 billion compared to around $949 million in the late Queen's private portfolio. These two estates represent a small fraction of the royal family's estimated $28 billion fortune. On top of that, the family has personal wealth that remains a closely guarded secret. So they got the jewels, they got the stuff, they got the art, they got this. Oh, this is priceless, that's priceless, and whatever. They're doing all right. They're not worried about their light bill going off. <laughs> you know, their light's going off because they got to pay the bill. They're not worried about their car being repossessed. Right? They're doing all right. For people that don't do anything, they're doing all right. The conglomerates, let's see, as King Charles will take over his mother's portfolio and inherit a share of his untold personal fortune. While British citizens normally pay around 40% inheritance tax, like I just said, Charles gets his tax free and he will pass control of his duchy to his eldest son, William, to develop further without having to pay corporate taxes. Pass the duchy to your son, William. Pass, remember that song? Pass the duchy to your son, William. Pa, pa, pass. We're not going to pay tax, you know. We have it all so you can go blow. I don't care about your pathetic poor life. I have everything. And I'm the king. King Charles. <laughs> go to King Charles. I say he's not going to make it. I think this guy's going to have a, a massive what's-its. <laughs> Something's going to happen, man. He's too uptight. You know? Now he's the king. All, all the pressure of doing nothing is on his shoulders. Can you imagine that? The pressure of doing nothing. People to clear the desk. You should see my desk. <laughs> and what am I going to bitch at? Myself? The micromanage me? Clear the desk, you asshole. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that conversation can go on all day, can't it? You know what I mean? Anyway. The growth of the royal family's coffers and Charles's personal wealth over the past decade came at a time when Britain faced deep austerity, <clears throat> deep budget cuts, poverty levels soared, and the use of food banks almost doubled, right? His lifestyle of palaces and polo has long fueled accusations that he is out of touch with ordinary people. No, he's not. They're the ones who are in his way when he's out and about in his limousine. They're the ones who block traffic, even though they have a siren and all that to get people out of the way. Because he's so important and he's got to go do nothing. Uh, let's see. And he, at the time, had been unwitting, an unwitting symbol of that disconnect such as when his limo was mobbed by students protesting rising tuition in 2010 when he perched atop a golden throne in his royal finery this year to pledge help for the struggling families. Today, he ascends to the throne, and uh, as the country buckles under the cost of living crisis, that is expected to see poverty get even worse, a more divisive figure than his mother, Charles is likely to give fresh energy to those questioning the relevance 
of a royal family at a time of public hardship. You don't need a royal family anyway. Not at times of public hardship, good times, bad times. Eh, 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 eh. You don't need the royals in your face. You know, we did that here in the United States. <laughs> you know, <laughs> our politicians may be lying bastards, but you know what I mean, at least they're they're not like this. Some of them, some of them, maybe. So the duchy has been steadily commercializing over the past few decades. Clancy said uh, it is a, it is run like a commercial business with a CEO and over 150 staff. What used to be thought of as simply the landed gentry pile of land now operates like a corporation, she said. The Duchy of Cornwall was established in the 14th century as a way of generating income for the heir to the throne that uh, has essentially funded Charles' private and official expenses. One example of his financial might, the $28 million profit he made from uh, last year that dwarfed his official salary, right, of just over $1.1 million. So you imagine the guy takes an uh, official salary, $1.1 million from, from people's mouths, and $28 million in profit, that's just from the one place, not including all of his other holdings. How much money, I mean, think about the, the amount of money that this dude has withheld from the people of the UK. How much money, how much of that could be gone for something good, even roads, even anything, anything than in his pocket to make his pockets fatter? Why does he need it? You know, you can't take it with you. You know that, right? So why do you need it? You already have everything. You got your, your you got. I mean, this guy's got everything. You got the best land. He's got the castle. He's got that. Holdings and all kinds of land around the world. He's got everything. So why do it? You know why? Because they're bastards. That's why. They're scum. And that's all they're ever going to be, these royals. All they're ever going to be. And then until people realize that and get rid of that kind of crap, then you're going to have just this. This. <clears throat> right in your face, you know? <laughs> the estate which official accounts value at more than $19 billion includes uh this is this is the crown estate the first most prominent this is the royal family's assets and it's complicated they say because the fortune falls within different groups and they can't really they can't count they can't count because these people hold everything you know just like how you know the catholic church has all those catacombs full of riches gold diamond stuff you know paintings this art Artwork that should be in museums, but artwork nobody can even see. Yeah, they don't even uh, they don't even cop to what's down there. They're hoarding wealth while poor people are out on their steps starving. Do you see a problem with that? Jesus would. What would what would Jesus do? Huh? Think about that, Prince. Now the king. All right. So first, most prominent, you got the crown estate which oversees the assets of the monarchy through a board of directors. Charles is king and will serve as its chairman, but he does not have final say over how the business is managed. The estate, which official accounts value at more than $19 billion, includes shopping malls, busy streets in London's West End, 
and a growing number of wind farms. Wind farms. The royals are are up on the technology. They know, and I'll bet you, I'll bet you it's the it's the government that's paying for those wind farms, right? How much you want to bet that they don't pay a dollar, not one buck, not for the land, not for not for the equipment, nothing that they don't pay a dollar. They probably get a huge dividend just for coming up with the idea. The royals are entitled to take only rental income from their official estates and may not profit from any sales as they do not personally own the assets. So yeah, you rent it out and you're making your money. You're making your money. You know, you know do you really think that you make more than money in a one-time sale or do you make money over long-term rentals? You think about landlords and, and the richest people are all land people. You got to buy land. They're not making any more of it. Okay. The estate's profits valued at about $363 million this year. <laughs> That's just for the one. $363 million in profits. Why do you need that? To do what? What, you know, it's 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 sickening, isn't it? What, what you know, when people talk about the queen, the king, the royals, I, I, like when I talk to people about it, they don't have a true understanding of, of what they do and what they are versus what they keep from people. You know? So if this was, let's just say it this way. If these malls, rental income, all these wind farms and all this other stuff was in private hands, they'd be paying taxes on it. So that's the difference. They'd be paying taxes. These guys aren't. And their profits, so basically with whatever they own, they're in the money, right? As long as they don't sell it. In 2017, the government increased the family's payment to 25% of the profits to cover the costs of renovating Buckingham Palace. Got to go to Home Depot. Get that palace. The last sovereign grant received by the royals was around $100 million dollars which the family includes Charles, has used for the official royal duties, you know, paying people to wipe his arse type of thing. Uh, visits, you know, it's important for Charles to show up. You know what I mean? Benny's porno theater. <laughs> Here comes Charles again. Dun, 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 dun. Payroll. Gotta pay all. Pay all the peasants. And housekeeping, got to keep it clean. You know, when he spits on the floor, you got to have someone follow him around. It does not cover, though, Royals' security costs, which is also paid by the government. But it co the cost is kept separate. Woohoo! <laughs> so there you have it. That That's so nice of them, right? <laughs> The next major pot of money is the Duchy of Lancaster. This $949 million portfolio is owned by whomever sits on the throne. But the value that the trust is dwarfed by the Duchy of Cornwall, the third significant home of royal money, which Charles has long presided, presided over uh, as prince, generating tens of millions of dollars each year, the Duchy has funded his private and official spending and bankrolled William when they're the heir to the throne and Kate William's wife. There you go. So, you know, I don't know. 
I think that these people are, are if you want to talk about the word evil, I think that it's a it's it's well placed. Good promotes life. Evil doesn't. These people can can I don't know how they can even sit there. Now I'll tell you there's times in my life that I think of of you know the people who have crossed my path and my interactions with them. And then sometimes you think that you could have been a little little kinder, a little gentler, a little better, you know? Not me. I'm thinking about <laughs> the, the people. <laughs> I like to kind of just push them off the path. What are you doing in my way? Dare you. Get out get out the whip. No, but but you want to be a better person. You want to better yourself. I you know, is that your your personal goal? It's not about the world judging you, it's about you judging you. You judge yourself. That's that's the irony in the end. They don't tell you that in these books. You judge yourself and your your life if it was a worthy life. So it depends on your potential. Have you led a worthy life? You know, some people aren't living anywhere near their potential. And there's a whole bunch of reasons for that, but they should be. Because that was the those were the abilities you're given. That was the room you're given allowed to roam. And what your potential is is within that realm and you want to reach to that top or at least lead a worthy life. I mean, that's really a plain old lead a worthy life, right? So, you know, you're sitting on billion, billions of dollars. <laughs> Not a care in the world, nothing, maybe your own physical health, but man, you can hire the best doctors, the best this, you can be anywhere, do anything. That's Man, that's freedom, isn't it? Being able to do anything and have anything. Woohoo! And you have all these millions coming in. At the same time, in your own country, people are suffering. You have a, a medical industry falling apart. They don't even know where the money's going to come from. They're debating on whether it's great uh, tier, tiers of payment because, you know, in the NHS, it was all free. That was free health care. You know, the, the Brits pay a lot of taxes. We bitching about taxes here in the U.S. Well, you're in the U.K. You and you want to complain about gas here in the U.S. They screw people to the wall there for everything. That's why they're kind of so subdued. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, Americans are different. They they sort of make fun of us because we're we're that uh, the crazy wild and crazy bunch. But yeah, because uh, you know you see the way people react in this country. And people people do vote. Whether that means much anymore, it means something to these politicians because they keep talking about it. If it didn't mean anything, they wouldn't be talking about it. It's to shift the power. It's just you have two choices, and that's not a choice. But here you have this dude. You have everything. I mean everything. And you're making all these millions coming in. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night thinking that these are my people. If he's the goddamn prince or king, whatever you think you, you yourself is, and these are your people, and they're suffering because of you. Because you're the one taking everything up. Because you're not paying your fair share. Your fair share, king. King Charles, you, you big prick. You're not paying it. And you never paid it. And they said the queen... 
the queen would pay some tax, like like uh, she would put up some money, but they never said what it was. But a few people in the know said that uh, it was laughable. You know, here's here's twenty five cents, uh, twenty five pence, and be and be happy about that. <laughs> if you don't, cut your head off and laugh about it. Uh, the queen, the queen. So, all right, anyway, the final pool of money in the family, the most uh, secretive, is the family's private fortune. So above all these big billion-dollar fortunes and the, and the duchy, past the duchy and all that, they got the private fortune, man. The, the milk and butter money on the counter. You know what I'm saying? That money on the side. Yeah, yeah. The family's private fortune. According to the Rich List, the annual catalog of British wealth published in the Sunday Times, <laughs> the Queen had a net worth of about $430 million. That includes her personal assets, such as the, the Balmoral Castle and another Sandringham Estate, and she inherited another one from her father. Oh, that was the one. And uh, much of her personal wealth has been kept private. She has an immense dildo collection we ran across. And gold, gold, 24-karat gold-crusted vibrating diamonds. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> There's one that she was fond of that called the machine gun. She liked to, to jump on. <laughs> Woo! You know what I mean? Charles has made financial headlines unrelated to his wealth, but tied to his charitable foundation that he chairs and operates in his name. He's a charitable kind of guy. His stewardship of the foundation has been marred by controversy most recently this spring when the Sunday Times reported that Charles had accepted 3 million euros in cash you know, euros are about the same as the U.S. dollar. You guys are sinking, man. <laughs> sinking sinking fast. You could be like Canada to us soon. Including money uh, stuffed in shopping bags in a suitcase. Money stuffed in shopping bags and a suitcase. What store does he shop at? I want to I wanna go to that store. Oh, and uh, this is all from a former uh, Qatari prime minister. Sheikh Hamad bin Jasmin bin Jabir al Thathani. Oh my God. What's your, hey baby, what's your name? <laughs> my name is Sheikh Hamad bin Jasim bin Jabir al Thathani. Yeah, I think I saw you in Star Wars. <laughs> Just call me Bob. Just call me Bob. Just Bob for short. The money was for uh, the Prince's Foundation. Which finances, uh, you know, the little causes around the world. Charles does not benefit financially from such contributions. Even the bag of cash that nobody could ever even think of keeping keeping track of. I'm sure there was a lot of hands in between, especially from the peasants. You know, they steal because they have to, <laughs> because they got no porridge, because the king keeps it all for himself. They said he's willing to take money from anybody, really, without questioning whether it's a wise thing to do or 
What do you say? Adolf Hitler called, wanted to make a donation. Okay. No problemo. A former government minister and uh, author of the book. And what do you do? What do the what what the royal family uh, doesn't want you to know, basically. Baker described Charles as the most progressive, caring member of the royal family, but he said he had also filed a police complaint accusing him of improperly selling honorary titles. <laughs> he's progressive. That's why he's bitching at those people. Uh, let's see. I thought the Queen was the most caring member of the family. Hey, they can't all be. I liked Harry when he was naked, falling into pools in Vegas. That that was the funny part. The rest of it doesn't make me laugh. Let's see. Uh, that's no way to behave for a royal, he said, referring to an ongoing scandal over where Charles had granted knighthood and citizenship to a Saudi business owner in exchange for donations to one of the Charles' charitable venues or adventures. Uh, Charles denied knowing about any of this. I didn't know. One of his top aides, who was implicated, stepped out, and authorities began to investigate. The king's representatives did not respond to a message-seeking comment. I was with Jeremy Epstein that weekend. Oh, he can vouch for me. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Let me think. Think, Charles. Think. Think. I was, I was with Prince Andrew. Wait, wait. Think. Think, Charles. Think. Hmm. Wait, wait, Diana. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't go there. No, think. I was with the Queen Mom trying to get the bunion off her toe. Yes, yes. I wasn't there. It was them. It wasn't me. <laughs> I was playing polo naked in my, in my lands, the lands that I own. In his uh, inaugural address on Saturday, the king indicated that he planned to step back from his outside endeavors. I will not be stealing as much as I used to because now I own it all and I don't need to steal. <laughs> I just lied. I love to steal. Love it too. <laughs> Don't worry about me. Worry about yourself, God damn it. If you could be happy in your insanity, then then you've already you've already won the war, man. You know? It will no longer as what he said, all right, I'll go back. It will no longer be possible for me to give so much of my time and energy to the charities and issues for which I care so deeply. Because as king, I'll have absolutely nothing to do. I have no time for no time. I've got no time for time, no time. I'm going to be busy pillaging the world as King Charles. Oh, no time, no time for the, the peons and the peasants. Screw them anyway. <laughs> Let's see. Clancy, the author, said the new king in theory would be expected to drop his lobbying and business ventures entirely. Yeah, he's passing the duchy to his son. Pass the duchy. So, all right, all right. 
<laughs> talked a lot about Charles. Charles. And his and his his wife is now the, the queen consort. <laughs> What's that all about? What's that all about? About just a queen. She's not really a queen. You don't get it that easily. A queen consort. <laughs> like, what is that? To me, a consort is like a, a whore. You know? I mean, isn't like a whore? Consort? I don't know. You don't know where I've been hanging out. <laughs> I don't know where I've been hanging out lately. Let me see. It's like uh, a fancy whore, isn't it? A wife, yeah. <laughs> a wife, <laughs> a wife, husband, or companion. In particular, the spouse of a reigning monarch. So, so it's really on that level. You know, you're a consort. You're not just your. That's my. That's my woman. No, she's the the royal queen consort. I like, you know what? She just go for it. Be like, she's the royal whore. She's the one that I cheated with, Diana. The royal whore. (laughs) Entering King Charles in the royal queen whore. (laughs) Woohoo! Yay, King Charles! I don't know if he has to list them all. Does he have to list all of them that he was with? Or just her? Just the one he's stuck with. Habitually associate with, typically with the disapproval of others. (laughs) You chose to consort with the anime. Oh, my God. Let's look at the similar words. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Associate, keep company, mix, mingle, go around. Ooh, she's my go-around whore. Socialize. (laughs) Rub shoulders, rub elbows. Hobnob. Hang around. She's my hang around. Anyway. Anyway, that's what she gets. That's what she gets. You know what? She gets. So, as predicted here on the Red Pill News, New York City block hires armed security guards to patrol against drug-ridden streets. That's right. That's right. Because the rich liberals do not want to deal with the reality that they have crafted. It's that simple. So they're going to be able to hire all kinds of extra security. You're not going to be able to hire all kinds of extra security. But I've got news for these security guards. You're dealing with a new breed of criminal that doesn't care and likes to shoot people and stab people, which goes well beyond your your basic uh, minimum wage or a little bit better than the minimum wage of being a security guard walking around some liberal neighborhood keeping people safe who cause this mess to begin with, right? Let's see. The crime and quality of life complaints have gotten so bad in Greenwich Village, a community group contracted armed guards to patrol their streets and stop chronic drug dealing, crack smoking, and public defecation. Hey! Hey, don't shit there! <laughs> what are you going to do? I can't stop once I started, man. Sorry. Sorry, buddy.
And we are back in again. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everything just went out, man. I think that we, we're in the middle of a crisis. So, but just to end the show, talking about the goon squad that they put in, armed guards in the village are not going to be able to do anything to these criminals. The criminals have more rights than you do. They have more rights than the armed guards. The armed guards will shoot someone and be held responsible for that type of thing. But there's no way to get rid of these criminals unless you really have some kind of brute squad, goon squad, and you get rid of those criminals. So it, it's going to come down to push, come to shove. Again, it's only the people with the money who can afford the private security. You're, you're not going to go out and get private security if you can't buy it. And these are the high-end, really limousine liberal areas in Greenwich Village, and they don't want the crime. They don't want the mess. Guess what? This is what you wrought, what you've created, what you crafted, what you've done. And then you have to take responsibility. The ones pooping on the streets are your people. They're the ones that you wanted out there. You begged them to come poop. Begged them. Come poop around the street. Hey, I've seen that stuff, man. It's it 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 scrambles your brains if you're if you're a normal person. Because normal people don't do that. You know, I saw a lady peeing uh, on a on a, a a train platform. She just pulled down her pants and started peeing right there in front of everybody. Broad daylight, people are walking away, <laughs> like, "Oh my god!" And you know, if someone's crazy enough to pull down their pants and poop on the sidewalk or poop in the street, they're crazy enough to do anything to anybody, anytime. That's why you need to put money into mental health. You need to have strong mental health facilities. Otherwise, you're going to have these ticking time bombs out there going off. And the ones who can't afford, you know, when you're just living your life, you're surviving every day, you're on your way to the office because everybody wants people to go back to the office now. You're on your way to the office. And here's one of these people who's going to uh, put a knife in your back as you walk past or push you in front of a, a truck, a bus, a train, or whatever the hell they're going to do. They're going to get off. You're going to die. And they're going to either walk out the door or they're going to say, oh, they were mentally ill and they couldn't help themselves. Is that the world that you want for yourself? Or do you want your neighborhood to be safe? Do you want your lives to be, and you know what, as safe as possible? I was talking to someone earlier. How you doing? Are you safe there? You're okay? That's what she was like. You're safe. Are you safe? That's kind of like the question people ask. I'm like, is anybody safe? <laughs> like ever? Anywhere? Is, is anyone safe? I mean, are you safe in your home? Are you safe from anything? I just watched some guy who who had a mental breakdown get killed by the police in Colorado uh, because he was sitting in his car and he had a knife in his hand in his car by himself telling the cops he's scared on the phone with the police, on the phone with his family, the whole bit having a, a mental episode. They killed the guy. They shot him to death. For what? For what? He didn't break the law. He wasn't doing anything bad. They shot him and killed him. So we live our lives at the end of a policeman's gun. And this government, if they tell them to go get you, they'll go get you. And, and any situation, let me tell you, especially if you're interacting with the police, if you make the wrong move at any time, they could kill you. I got pulled over one time on the Avenue of the Americas in New York City. I made a right, right turn. And there was, a, I guess, a sign that said no, no turn on red or whatever, no right turn. I didn't know that. And I got pulled over by, uh, they're actually Port Authority officers, 
pulling me over, which is kind of funny. And then this male cop is coming up on my driver's side. The female cop coming up on my passenger side. She pulled out her gun and had her gun pointing at me for for me making a right on red. And I wasn't in some mafia car or something. And I said to the police officer, why does she have her gun on me? And then he yelled at her and he said, he's like, holster that weapon. You don't pull your gun out. Yeah. But a person like that could end your life and it's done. It's done. So this is the world that we live in. This is the world. And you never know who's going to go off and when they're going to go off. So I'm going to end the show on that note. I will see you guys next week. Power failure is not included uh, <laughs> on this here show. I love you all. If I don't tell you enough, man, I, I love you. I love you. I love you. Everybody out there, I want you to be safe, and I want you to be okay. I want you to be okay. I want you to be okay. And and, and that means trying to have a laugh in this world uh, you know, while we still can. So I will see you later. Bye. <laughs>